Welcome. Here at The Bridge Church, we exist to help you connect to God, grow with family, and serve our city. We hope today's message will allow you to grow deeper in your connection to God. Enjoy the message. Gracious God, how much you love us, God. How much you have shown us your love by sending your son to die for us. Father, as we come into this worship service, Lord, we confess that far too often the love of Jesus is not what holds us. Far too often we are looking for the approval of man. Far too often we are looking for our new identity. And you have given us an identity in Christ. And so God, I pray that today we would be able to hunker down and deepen our love and affection for you from what you've already done for us. Holy Spirit, I ask that today that we would not hear wisdom from men, eloquence from a man, intelligence from a man, inspiration from men. God, we pray that the spirit of the living God would fall fresh on us and you would change us, God. We need your spirit to change us. And so I ask God that you would carry my words into the heart of your people. And I pray that you would break the proud and I pray that you'd build up the humble. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, we've been in this series on words and how powerful words are and how we must steward our words and how we have to remember that our words matter. There was a man, he is from Brooklyn. His name was Jean Basquiat. Now, when you look at Jean, as you probably know from the last name, he is Haitian, uh, but he's half Haitian, half Puerto Rican. And uh, he grew up in Borham Hill. Now, interestingly enough, he's obviously a real cool looking guy. He, uh, but he, uh, this picture was taken about 1985. And so uh, he was an artist. He had uh, art that he used to call Samo. And he used to tag different places all around the city. He was known for his graffiti. He was known for his ability to do art. In fact, his latest painting, or not the latest one, but a painting that was just sold, sold for $110 million. It's called The Skull. And so Jean Basquiat, his paintings now are one of the top paintings that you can get in the world. He is considered a present-day Picasso, Picasso. But he was just a kid from Brooklyn. What changed his life was after he was tagging up different places and doing his graffiti, he started to use his art and he went into a restaurant one day, and there was a gentleman in there named Andy Warhol, world-renowned artist. And one day, Andy Warhol saw his art, and he said, you are amazing. No, 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 you're better than a graffiti artist. Your work can be sold for the thousands to the hundreds of thousands. Jean Basquiat and Andy Warhol build a relationship, and his work would continue to go on. 
But in 1987, Andy Warhol died. And interestingly enough, in 1988, Jean Basquiat died. Jean Basquiat is now in Greenwood Cemetery, his over right by my apartment on 21st and 5th. He died a year later from a heroin overdose. What they say of Gene is this, that he was not the same when Andy left his life. It was so powerful when Andy Warhol said to him, your work is amazing. And it built him up. And when he didn't have those words spoken into his life anymore, his addictions got built up. And Gene is no different than you or I. You know, one of the things that we try to pretend is that we don't need people's words. <laughs> we try to pretend that we are self-sufficient. But if you are an artist, if you're auditioning, if you're trying to book gigs and you always hear no, if you're an artist and you always hear that's not good, that's okay, you will eventually quit. And it is when someone says, that is amazing. And that brings us life and it encourages our hearts. And if we can admit that, then we can admit we need words from outside of us. We need words that build us up. You know, we talked about this last week, but I think it is so powerful two Proverbs that speak to this. Proverbs 10, 21 and 10, 11 say this, the lips of the righteous feed many. The mouths of the righteous is a fountain of life. And I believe that that's what God calls us to be as the church, to feed many people, to bless many people and to speak into the life of this city to encourage and to bless. And so our words are powerful and they can build up and they can give so much life. But do you see those two Proverbs? What it's saying is we can feed, and we can provide sustenance. And if we are not using our words as a means to bless people, then we are starving people. Do you know something you do that is very powerful? It's when you give somebody the silent treatment. You know how you've done that before? Isn't that an amazing thing, the silent treatment? You've decided, I know you need to hear something from you, so I'm gonna make you starve. I know, you, I know you're kind of confused about our relationship, but I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna remain silent and I'm gonna make you suffer. I wonder if there is someone, even in this room today, there may be something they need to hear from you. I wonder if there's a family member that you know there's something they need to hear from you. I wonder if your roommate needs to hear something from you. And maybe you need to hear something from someone. 
But if we can be honest, we need words from people. This message today, I'm praying, would be insanely practical for you. We're going to look at several Proverbs, and these Proverbs are intended to help you be a benefit to your friends, family, and to this city. And that when they think of you, you would be like that fountain, and you would feed people because your words are such a blessing. And so we're going to look at a bunch of Proverbs because Proverbs is very helpful in this area. Now, my encouragement to you, being that part of what I do is counseling, is I encourage you to take notes. Now, I don't think my words are that powerful that you need to take notes. I think our lives are that jacked up that you need to take notes. (laughs) So I I know this last week we looked at James chapter 3. James chapter 3 said, if any man can maintain the tongue, they're a perfect man. Since we're all agreeing that we're imperfect, you might need to take notes, praise the Lord, and just look at this area and say to yourself, I need to get better at this area. Amen? We've agreed. So this is the same thing we did last week. Don't think about nobody else except you, right? Don't think about your cousins or your family. Don't think about anybody else. Think about you and think about how you need to grow in this area. Amen? All right. So we're going to look at this from a practical standpoint, several areas that we know we need to grow. The first thing is honesty. If you are going to be a fountain and a blessing to people, you need to be an honest person. Now, the proverb says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. There, when it says soothing, the Greek word there, or the Hebrew word rather, it means like healing. And so it's a smooth word that makes people feel good. But then it says a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And what it's really getting at is, it's talking about someone who says things just to get what they want. They manipulate. They, they're, they're telling the truth technically. They're saying what they need to say to get what they want. And this is perverse in New York because we live in a hustle culture where you say whatever you need to do. You, need, you say whatever you need to say in the moment, not really even thinking that it, whether, how, how true it can be. But interesting, the other proverb to look at is Proverbs 24 and 26. It says, whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. So at that time, kissing was a lot different than we look at it today. Kissing was a very, very common practice. If someone ranked beneath you, they would bow. If someone was somewhat on your level, they would kiss you on the cheek. But if you looked at them as an equal, you would kiss them on the lips, men and women. And so when he says an honest answer is a kiss on the lips, what he's saying is when you speak honestly, you are speaking on a level of equality. And a lot of times when we exaggerate, it's because we're bowing low for approval. And we need that person's words. 
to be in our life. And so we fudge what we mean. And many times when we blow up and we have an outburst of wrath, we want that person to bow down to us or we try to manipulate them. It's because we look at them as lower. And the Bible is saying that when you speak honestly, consistently, it's because you see that you are a broken, fragile person and they are a broken, fragile person and we need to speak in such a way where I see you as an equal. This is probably, if I were to say one area I do, I deal with the most in marriage counseling, this is it, praise the Lord. If I deal with friendships, this is what I have to deal with the most. Because over time, if I become more intimate with you, I see more of your flaws and you see more of mine. And it is very easy to begin to lower you down or have you higher than you ought to be. And so honesty, can people trust what you say? That's why that earlier verse says it crushes you. You ever have someone break a promise to you? You ever have someone say, I'll be there and not show up? You ever say, you can bank on it, but you don't even, you're not really gonna do it? You know one, one of the things that I, can I tell you a secret frustration of mine? When someone says, when someone says, I'll do something, like, hey, Pastor James, I'll do it, I'll do it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then a week later they'll say, yeah, I'll try. You ever have that happen? <laughs> Those of you that have done that to me, y'all know <laughs> talking about you. Well, I was depending on you. Can people depend on you? And can they depend on your words? If you are gonna be a person that people come to, you've got to be rock solid. My yes means yes, my no means no. I am reliable. So much I could say there. The next thing that we have to be is not just honest, but we must be gentle. The scripture says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That word harsh there means to inflict pain. So what it's getting at is nine times out of 10, when I get turned up and I get angry at someone and I feel like I need to be harsh, it's because they're proud, it's because they're stingy, it's because they're mean or they're angry. And you know what I wanna do? I want you to feel my power. I want you to, sh I wanna show you how strong I am. And so a harsh word, that's what stirs people up. And now you've been harsh to them. You've inflicted pain on them. And now they'll want to inflict pain back on you. And now we have all these wounds that we're building up on one another. 
But interestingly enough, Proverbs 25, 15 says this. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded. But always remember this. A gentle tongue can break a bone. A gentle tongue can break a bone. I was raised in a house of yelling. You do it because I said you do it. And early on in my ministry, that's how I led people. And that's how I played football. You don't have no football coaches doing no gentle words to break no bones. You yell and you scream. But all that did not work in my church. And it did not work in my marriage. Well, it didn't work on day one in my marriage, so I'd never, I never really tried that. <laughs> and here's what I've learned. When you see anger and pride in someone, when you respond in anger, you are committing to fight. But when you respond in gentleness, you know what it's saying? Gentleness actually breaks up that pride more than being harsh, more than being sarcastic, more than being quick-witted more than being loud. It is when you've decided to be gentle that the person actually responds in shock. You know why? Because they can feel you love them. And when you respond with power, you never get what you actually wanted. When you go blow for blow, it never produces what you want. You want harmony. You want unity. You want to be on the same page. But a gentle word, a gentle tongue can break the bone. Here's what I have found. When I have had conflict in church, in my home, I have to be filled up with the spirit, you know, not necessarily responding to the person. And I've always found in the middle of it, you know, well, why did you do it this way? Well, why'd you say that? And in the middle of it, I can tell we are just being harsh. We are just going wound for wound. And I have found that I need to stop and hear myself. And then I need to pause. And I just need to, and a lot of times I'll just put my hands up and I'll say, hey, I need you to know I love you and I'm committed to this relationship. What can we do to work through this? And I'm telling you, it's, it's got a 70% effectiveness rate. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to lie to you and tell you that it works all the time. But I'm going to tell you about 70% of the time, when you just stop the back and forth, when you stop the, the blow for blow thing, and you just say, hey, we love each other, or I love you, and I am committed to us. What can I say? What, what do you need me to hear me say? The majority of the time, the person's tone goes down too. And they'll say, well, you know, I, I don't know. And before you know it, you're getting on a heart level. This is killing us as a community. As believers, this, is, this right here is killing us. 
because we oftentimes have been trained in conflict from the world. And it's, it's hard to just stop in the middle of an intense moment and look to heaven for power and just ask God to change you and change them. But this is actually transformative for a home, for a friendship. When you just pause and you take away the harshness. And when you're that type of person, people will come to you because they feel that you care for them and that you love them. A gentle, always remember that verse. I think about that all the time, especially when I feel, you know when you feel that thing inside of you? This is the verse I always go back to. Gentleness, James. Be gentle. Gentleness will get you more of what you want. Be gentle. Don't go blow for blow, James. Be gentle. And when people, people will know you're being gentle with them when they can feel that you love them, that you care for them. The other area is timing. It says a word fitly spoken is like, listen to this, this is a beautiful proverb, like apples of gold in settings of silver. <laughs> I'm a big dude. And so my wife will bring home clothes that look great, but don't fit. And I will, you know, for, for those, those of you that know what I'm talking about, you don't even have to say amen, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you'll go in the, the closet and you'll look and you'll be like, this is fly. This is dope. And then I'll walk out and my wife will be like, it's not, it's not, because it doesn't fit. No matter how good it looks, if it doesn't fit, it will look awkward on you. Let me just say this again. It does not matter how good it looks. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't look good on you. No matter how powerful the statement is, if it doesn't fit the moment, no matter how great it is, if it doesn't fit, you will seem, you will make the entire room feel strange and awkward. And so the imagery is of this beautiful apple, just so ripe, and it's, it looks gold, and this silver setting. But imagine if it wasn't on the silver setting, but it, it had this, this dirty plate and you put this incredible imagery of, of this apple on this incredible dirty plate. It's like, I don't want it. Not because it's not good. It's because the way you're presenting it. And so that word fitly means right timing. Means that you are actually working hard to make sure that what you're saying fits the moment. And all my witty people in the house, this is what you got to work on. No, I'm, I'm just having confessions. There are many people who feel they have something to say, but they don't, have, they don't think about the right time to say it. And you will not be effective. You will not be able to bless 
people, encourage people, be a benefit to people if you don't consider the timing and the moment. It is the responsibility of the communicator. It is the responsibility of the communicator to make sure the hearers understand, to make sure they're caught up in what you're saying. I mean, don't we all have uncles like this? They just say whatever comes in their mind. And when you go to the family reunion, you're like, oh my God, here it comes. And they just, they say whatever, they have no filter. And we just accept them that way now. We're just like, this, they're, they're 70, it's, it's done. It's a wrap. It's just gonna be like this for another 10 years and then it's gonna close it up. And, and what I'm saying is this, this is what I'm trying to tell you. You can go your whole life like this and you'll have a small group that appreciates you and knows you, but the majority of people, they'll endure you. But they don't really appreciate what you say. You think you lead with humor, you lead with intellect, you lead with your thought pattern so much that you overwhelm people. And you don't consider the setting. You don't consider the timing. But this is the powerful thing. If you would grow in discernment and looking at how people are reacting to the what you're saying, you'll become not only more effective, you will be that fountain where people want to hear what you have to say. Um, I had a girlfriend. Uh, this was like my sophomore year in college. And uh, I was transferring, oh, my junior year in college. I was transferring to James Madison University in Virginia. And uh, she said, uh, I said, yeah, I'm going down to JMU. She was like, well, that's cool. What are you going to major in? I was like, speech communication. She was like, that's good. I was like, why? She was like, oh, you, you talk too much. I was like. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She was like, oh, yeah, you remember that time? And then she just kind of gave me this review. <laughs> it was just like a resume of foolishness. And I was like, wow, I didn't, and I didn't see, I didn't see myself that way. Um, and honestly, I, I hate to say this, but it was like after that moment, I started to think, am I, ta- am, I, am I saying too much right now? And then I became a speech communications major and I started to think, and I started to learn how to read people and think about, are my words helpful right now? Direct communication. We've uh, talked about this in our conflict series, and um, we talked quite a bit about this, so I'm not going to spend too much time here, but I think it's worth noting. Direct communications, here's what we mean. Um, The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body, Proverbs 18 and 8. Um, Listen, it is very difficult when you get new information about somebody. It's just difficult to be able to know what to do with that sometimes. And a lot of times it is the habit of our mind to share that information with other people for the purpose of entertainment. Especially when you've seen someone who looks strong, but then you see their weakness for the first time. When ladies see that one girl that's beautiful and and she's she's so powerful, but then you see that she's really not good in community and then you spread that around. Or that one guy 
that he, he seems so strong, but then finally you came to find out that he, he really doesn't know himself and he, he's really not as strong as you thought. We, we tend to want to spread that around. When you learn new information, particularly an area of weakness about someone, you can either keep it to yourself and God in prayer. You can share it with the community or you can actually go to that person. Now, judging from what I understand about our community, we do have people who will pray and we do have people that will keep it to themselves. Um, and of course, you know, we, we have people who will, will share it sometimes. But I think somehow we've gotten into this belief that it's enough that I just pray about it and don't say anything to anyone. And here's what I want to encourage you. If you are going to be a fountain and a blessing to people, you have to get better at speaking directly to people and growing in conflict. You, you have to grow in that. It's, it's not enough for you to say, okay, I see certain things in people and I'm just gonna keep them to myself in prayer because that's not brother and sister life. That's not family life. Would you do that to your family? Or maybe your family, maybe you have, maybe you have family issues. Maybe you do that in your family. Like maybe y'all just walk around with issues and y'all don't say nothing to nobody and the elephant is just, just blowing the room away. I don't know. But I know if we're gonna have an authentic community, it's not enough just to keep things to myself and God. It's, we definitely know we don't want to gossip, but you have to grow in being direct with people and coming to them when there is an issue that you see. Because you know who doesn't benefit? Them. Now, when my girlfriend told me I talked too much, I can't say she said it in love. Um, I can't say I felt encouraged. I'm not even saying she said it right, but that actually changed my life. That actually changed my life. I actually became a better communicator because someone had the courage to tell me something that I never heard. And oftentimes your parents might've told you something, but it just washes over you. We must be the body of Christ, brother and sister and grow in this area. I mentioned this before, but I think this is, um, not everyone struggles with this, but I think it's worth mentioning. We have to be more economical. Now, this is the New Living Translation, and I find this so beneficial. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Isn't that awesome? Come through with the New Living Translation. There's a reason why I put the word economical. If you, when you get your check on Friday, you spend it all on Saturday, you are gonna have a hard life. And you have to learn how to live on a budget. If you, in the same way, when you get a new thought, you feel you need to share it right then, you need to learn how to talk on a budget. Because everything you're thinking isn't for everybody. Your thought 
train is not something we all want to get on. This is an area, because this is what I know, people like to talk and they like to talk about themselves. Praise the Lord. And if you are one of these people that this is, this is an issue for you. Now, some people don't talk enough. We don't know you and you got to learn how to be, you know, to let yourself go and let your hair down, things like that. But there's a whole nother level of person that you've got to become more economical and talk on a budget. This is um, something that you should look back in it and what it says. When you talk too much, it leads to sin. And so one of the things that we just have to get good at is asking ourselves, just as James said, the book of James talked about being slow to speak and quick to listen. Slowing down what you feel like you need to say all the time and just asking yourself, and this is one of the things that I think is very helpful to ask yourself is, am what I'm saying a benefit to everyone? Is what I'm about to communicate a benefit to the hearers here? Because if not, it will wear people down. And it will wear a relationship down altogether. Now, there's a lot of different areas I could go through when it comes to speaking, but um, I want to get at something that Jesus said and the heart of what he said in Matthew 12, 34. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, this is the real issue. So I want to pause and just say this. All those things we just said, I don't want you to just think, okay, yes, I want you to get better at them, but it's not like you're just going to work it. You're not going to create some formula just to be able to speak better. In fact, what's going to help you speak better is meditating and deepening your relationship with God in your heart. Because the Bible says in your heart, that's where your hope is. That's where your trust is. That's where your will is, deep in your heart. And when you deepen your love for God, it flows out to people. I want to go back to a thought I had earlier, that why do you think you lie? Why do you think you exaggerate? Why do you lie? When you do lie, why do you do it? I grew up in the suburbs, the mean streets of Westchester. Praise God. Don't sleep. My dad and my mom moved up. They moved up in 1968 to New York. We first lived in the city and then we moved out to the suburbs. And I can remember the moment that I realized that I was black in my class and my class was all white. Like, I didn't know, I didn't think about it. But I started realizing, like, I'm really different. My church was all black. And I can remember the moment that I realized that 
I was in a different economic situation than a lot of my friends at my church. Um, my dad worked for IBM, and they, would, they used to go to Playland in, in Rye, New York, and they would, they would uh, rent out the entire place, and I would take my friends with me, and they would be like, yo, your dad works for IBM? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yo, you rich. I'm like, oh, no, we're, we're okay. And I started to realize, like, man, I, um, I don't fit in any of these communities. Like, because when I'm with my friends at school, like, there's things they're saying that I don't really get with. Like, when I grew up, hip-hop was just starting. So, like, I remember I was like, yo, I like Run DMC. And, and we'd get into these arguments, and I'd start finding out, like, oh, I'm different. But then I would go to my black friends, and I would start talking about things, and I, I didn't know what a check-cashing place was. I, I honestly, I didn't know what it was. And uh, my, my buddy was, uh, we had... Um, he said that, he said something like, yeah, we're going to go to the check catching place. I was like, what is a check catching place? And they all started laughing at me. And I remember being like, oh, okay. So I just, so I just, you know, I learned to lie. Like, yeah, you know, a check catching place. I'm like, ah, is that a bank? What is that? You know? And um, so this is what I did. As I got older, I started to lie about where I was from. Now, kids from the suburbs, this is a thing, praise God. But I started to pretend I was from the Bronx. <laughs> Because I knew, I knew, I knew different areas, right? So, so, this is a place, is this a safe place? Doesn't feel safe. Feels very violent. No, seriously. So, I would go down to like South, and they don't know any, anything, you know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm from New York. They're like, what part of like Bronx? Like Fordham Road area, you know what I mean? And I would do this, and I would exaggerate, right? Because it was right in, in, I know y'all are Brooklynites and y'all are amazing, but it, when you grow up in Westchester, the Bronx is right there. And so I did that, right? I did that for years. And then finally, I was like, I was, like a, I was in college, and um, I gave my life to the Lord, and someone asked me where you're from, and I was like, oh. Like, I have to tell the truth right now. I've been fronting for years. And I was like, I'm from Westchester. And they did just what y'all do. They gave me that pitiful look like, oh, okay. You're, is that by Utica or where is that? <laughs> and, and so listen, listen now. Hold yourselves, be, be cool. Um, and so I remember, I remember as I, uh, as I started doing that, I remember thinking, man, what, what is going on inside of me? Why is that even an issue for me? And I got, as I, you know, I, I, obviously I tell people where I'm from. And I was like, and, I th and then I started thinking like, why was I lying about where I was from? I was like, I need their approval. Because see, I don't feel black enough. So I need to say I'm from somewhere else and diminish what my daddy, I have to actually almost pretend like I don't got a daddy, like I raised hard with bullets and shot, you know? I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, where my dad is, I don't even know. You know, like. And I'm trying to be something I'm not 
not because I wanted to live like that, because I wanted their approval. And I think many times our words become an issue because of approval. Because we need you to look at us a certain way. And what started to change my life wasn't, oh man, I just need to be honest. I felt approved. You see, I had nothing to prove. And it didn't help just with lying. It helped with exaggerating. It helped with being angry. I don't need you to totally agree with me. I'm approved. I have God's approval. God likes me. God loves me. And it's amazing what the scriptures say in Romans chapter 8, 16. It says the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, that God loves us and God cares for us. And so when you meditate on something like that, it fills your heart up and you don't need to be anything for anyone because God accepts me and God approves me. And when that started to just change my life, I didn't feel like I needed to front anymore. I didn't feel like I needed to lie anymore. And I didn't feel like I needed to build myself up anymore because God says, you're my child. So here's what I want you to understand. God is not giving you the silent treatment. He speaks and he speaks into our life to the point where we are built up and we can be a blessing to people and we can overflow to people. And right now there are people in your life that need to hear something. They might need to hear something direct in terms of conflict. They might need to hear an encouraging word. They might need to hear you repeat the word of God to them. But this city needs our words. And you will flow, the words of God will flow from your life as you meditate and you feel his approval and know that you are loved by God and you've been changed by God. Today, stop seeking approval. Stop lying. Stop exaggerating. Today, today, stop pretending. Today, stop on trying to be so tough. Be gentle today. Be honest today. Let your words be healing today. Let your words build up today. Because when Jesus Christ was on earth, they said no one ever spoke like him. And it was his words that changed people. And the crowds would surround him, not because he was eloquent, not because he was inspiring. But when Jesus Christ spoke, 
They could feel the love of God. Oh, I pray that you would just let the love of God flow into your life and you would meditate deeply on him and you would break the yoke of deception in your life. Maybe you saw that growing up. Maybe being in the city, you've learned how to hustle people. Maybe that's the way you think you should be. I encourage you today, be a a man of integrity. Be a woman of truth. Be a gentle spirit on your job. And as people hear you, they will come around you and you will be a fountain of life and you will feed many. In a minute, we're gonna have people go to the back and pray. I pray that if this is a yoke, if this is a stronghold in your life, that you would go to the back and you would ask God to change you. Father, Father, we pray that tonight that you would change our words. I thank you, God, that you are not giving us the silent treatment, but rather, God, you today, you are speaking. And I pray that our hearts would be filled up and we would accept the work of Jesus for our lives and we would just know, God, I am loved. I have nothing to prove. I've got nothing to prove. I've got nothing to prove. I'm accepted. I've got nothing to prove. God, would you make our people secure in Christ? Secure. And end the need for approval. Break the yoke of approval so that we can show the world what it looks like to feed on the words of God and to bless this world with our words in Christ's name. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. We'd love to hear how God used this sermon to speak to you. Please take a minute to email us your story. Our email address is info at bridgechurchnyc.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at BridgeChurchNYC or visit our website, BridgeChurchNYC.com. Thanks again for listening to this week's message.